Well, this morning we're continuing our study that we began three weeks ago, a study that is focused on laying down for us a summary foundation of truth regarding what the Bible teaches us concerning God, the Holy Spirit. We began by studying an overview of the Holy Spirit's person in an attempt to better understand and answer the question, who is he? And we saw in that first study that the Holy Spirit is fully God. He is co-equal with God the Father and God the Son and is a very personal God at that, possessing divine intelligence, will, and emotion. The Holy Spirit is the proof that we can have a living, breathing, intimate relationship with God himself. Second, we considered the question, what has he done during the past? And what we saw is that during the revelation of the Old Testament, during the revelation of the anointed Christ, and during the revelation of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit was relentlessly showing us through all the ages of His heart and disposition of compassion and love towards us. By giving us life, restraining our destructive tendencies, giving us His Word, sending us His Son, and ultimately by giving us Himself, God has shown us that his great love for his people lasts not just for a time, but for all eternity. Through the Holy Spirit, he is now able to shower upon us for all eternity his divine love, understanding, strength, obedience, virtue, boldness, and assurance. Which leads us to the topic that we began to study last week, which is what is the Holy Spirit doing today, right now, in the present? And we considered that from two perspectives. We asked ourselves first, what is the Holy Spirit doing today in the world? And the answer to that question is that he is both convicting the world as well as restraining the world. He is at work in both turning sinners from their sins to faith in Jesus Christ as well as holding sinners back from progressing further into greater and greater destruction in this world. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world today. He's convicting, he's restraining the world Which led us to considering next, what is the Holy Spirit doing today in believers? See, in John 16, verse 7, Jesus told his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, then the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. There Jesus tells his disciples that it was to their spiritual advantage that he leaves and sends the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when that Holy Spirit is sent, he will do a great and wondrous work in the people of God within them. Within them. It takes your breath away when you study scripture and all that the Holy Spirit is doing in us, though we often do not recognize it from day to day. As I summarized last week, the Holy Spirit is applying Christ's salvation. He is teaching Christ's word. He is imparting Christ's life. And he is giving Christ's gifts. And we only got a chance to look at the first one of those last week. And that is that the Holy Spirit applies Christ's salvation to us. The very moment of our salvation, the Holy Spirit regenerates us. He makes us alive together in Christ Jesus. He indwells us, taking up residency within each and every believer. He seals us, claiming us as God's own for the promised day of redemption. And he baptizes us into the perfect person and work of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit does it all. 
And what we'll see this morning is that the Holy Spirit, who plays such a vital role in the beginning of our salvation, plays an equally vital role in the ongoing of our life of salvation in Christ. We'll see that not only does the Holy Spirit apply to us Christ's salvation, but then continuing on after that, He teaches us Christ's Word, He imparts to us Christ's life, and He gives to us Christ's gifts. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers. Applying Christ's salvation, teaching Christ's Word, imparting Christ's life, and giving Christ's gifts. But before we go any further, let's ask the Lord to guide us in His truth today as His people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit in a moment like this. We thank you that when we endeavor to learn your will by turning to your word, your good spirit leads us on level ground. And so, Father, I pray that that would be exactly what happens this morning as we seek to understand all that you are doing in us by your Spirit, as we seek to understand your wondrous works, we rely entirely on you. Father, I pray that you would teach us who you are and what you're doing. I pray that your name would be proclaimed today so that we would ascribe to you the greatness that is due you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So after considering last week just a few of the major things that the Holy Spirit does in us at the very moment of our salvation, now I want us all to consider as a body just a few of the things that the Holy Spirit does afterwards. And again, I want to remind you that this is just a summary study. There is no way that we could ever cover everything that the Holy Spirit does in and through us after our salvation. It is not possible. As Job 5 verse 9 says, God does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And so while we'll never be able to cover everything that the Holy Spirit is doing in us who believe, we can at least cover some of the things and lay down a foundation of truth for future study. And the Holy Spirit is going to help us do that today because not only is the Holy Spirit applying Christ's salvation, He is also teaching us Christ's Word. In other words, the Holy Spirit uses the reading and the hearing of God's Word to teach us and to lead us throughout our lives Through his indwelling presence, he unfolds to us the meaning of God's word and applies it to us. Jesus alludes to this teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit in John 16, verse 13, where Jesus promised to his apostles, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And even though in an immediate context there in John, Jesus is speaking about the inspiration of the Scriptures in a broader sense, he is also telling us that the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, the one who communicated truth to us, he is the one who will also teach us and guide every believer in the truths of God's Word. 
And this is exactly what we find later on in Scripture when in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, we are told there that in contrast to the natural man, that is the one who is outside of Christ, who cannot accept nor understand the things of God, we have received, Scripture teaches us, the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we might be able to understand the things freely given to us by God. See, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us understand God's truth. Just as Jesus in Luke 24, 45 opened the minds of his disciples so that they would understand the scriptures, so the Spirit does for us. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18 tells us that the Spirit who breathed out this revelation of Christ in his word, this same Spirit opens the eyes of our understanding when we read it. We have the author of truth teaching us his very own truth that he has written. And that's why the Apostle John says in 1 John 2.27, But the anointing that you received from Christ abides in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit indwells you. He abides with you. And therefore, John says, You have no need that anyone should teach you, because his anointing teaches you about everything. And what John is teaching there in that passage in 1 John 2 is that even though there are a lot of false teachers in the world today, that are out there twisting God's word and attempting to deceive God's people, we don't have to panic as believers because we have the Holy Spirit who teaches us God's truth. And this is our confidence that in the midst of a world of error, the Holy Spirit illuminates for every true believer the true meaning of God's word. And this is why all true Christians, after coming to faith in Jesus Christ, as they continue to study the scriptures for themselves, will slowly but unavoidably come out from under false teaching. It's because the indwelling Holy Spirit illuminates the true meaning of God's word for every true believer and gives them a love for the truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does, is he teaches us Christ's word. He teaches us his words so that we might behold the glory of Christ and be changed from one degree of glory into another. This is by the Holy Spirit that this happens. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us Christ's word. As Nehemiah 9 verse 20 states, God has given his good spirit to instruct us, to lead us, as Psalms 143 verse 10 states, on level ground. This is what the Spirit does. He teaches us God's Word. So what is the Holy Spirit doing today in believers? He is applying Christ's salvation. He is teaching us Christ's Word so that, just as Colossians taught us, that we might have a full assurance of understanding in all the will of God. How can that be possible of a believer? It's because the Holy Spirit is teaching us. The Holy Spirit is teaching us. He's applying Christ's salvation. He's teaching Christ's word. And third, as a result of his teaching ministry, he's imparting Christ's life. He's imparting Christ's life. That is, the Holy Spirit is the one who works to grow, build, and form the character of Christ within us. The Holy Spirit is imparting Christ's life. And the action associated with this imparting ministry of the Holy Spirit is actually what the Scriptures often call the filling of the Holy Spirit. And there is a lot of confusion regarding this topic because, candidly, there's a lot of ignoring of God's Word. So I want to take our time with this section to make sure we understand what Scripture teaches. 
Rather than going to Scripture to define what it means to be filled with the Spirit, there are many people today who come up with their own definitions. People talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit as if it somehow means getting more of the Holy Spirit than they had before. And then somehow with that sudden douse of Holy Spirit in you, you are suddenly able to possess all these supernatural abilities and powers like being able to speak in tongues or heal people or cast out spirits or do something like that. But what I want you to see this morning is that when you go to the pages of Scripture alone, that phrase, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is actually very carefully defined. You find out that being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you have more of the Spirit. What it means is actually that the Holy Spirit is more of you. And that is what Scripture calls elsewhere also walking in the Spirit. It's two ways of saying the same thing. And I want to show you this from God's Word. So according to Scripture alone, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit, that act of when it, in which Christ's life is imparted to us? It means being empowered by God to do three things. Three things. First, obey Christ's Word, reflect Christ's virtue, and proclaim Christ's truth. That is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So first, it means being supernaturally empowered to obey Christ's Word. And we know this is what that phrase means because it's exactly how the phrase is used over in Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. In Ephesians 5.18, this is the first main instant, Paul writes this, Do not get drunk on wine, for that leads to debauchery. In other words, that leads to uncontrolled passions. Instead, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. So there's a contrast going on there that Paul is talking about in Ephesians 5.18. He's saying this, when wine fills you, when strong beverage fills you, when alcohol fills you, it causes you to lose control of yourself, right? It leads to debauchery. But when the Spirit fills you, He causes you to have greater control of yourself. He causes you to be able to, as the context teaches in verses 15 through 17, as verse 15 says, to look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. He causes you, as verse 16 says, to be able to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. He causes you, as verse 17 says, to be able to not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So just from the context of Ephesians chapter 5, to be filled with the Spirit does not mean losing control of yourself. To be filled with the Spirit means having greater control of yourself. A supernatural control of yourself after all what does galatians 5 22 through 23 teach us that the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control when the spirit has more control of you you have more control of yourself this needs to be remembered when people say things like i was filled with the spirit and i just lost control and the spirit took over and i started doing and saying all these unexplained things listen that is not how the holy spirit works being filled with the spirit means a sharpening and a strengthening of your self-control not a loss of it not a loss of it. Do not ever attribute a lack of self-control to the work of the Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you are supernaturally enabled to better obey Jesus than you were before. 
So, to be as Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 teaches, more careful, more discerning, more wise, and more understanding than you ever could have been on your own. That's what being filled with the Spirit means. It means living a life that's supernaturally empowered to obey Christ. This becomes even clearer when we look over in Colossians 3.16 and there read in, a para- in the exact parallel passage that our phrase, be filled with the Spirit, is replaced with let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit is to be controlled by the word of Christ. To be yielded to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life is to be yielded to the guidance of the word of God in your life. And to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with the word of Christ. It says, Galatians 5.16 says, to walk in the Spirit and yield yourself moment by moment to the Spirit's leading through the Word. You cannot separate the work of the Spirit from the work of the Word. You cannot. The Spirit always works by and through the Word of Christ. Ephesians 6.17 tells us that the Holy Spirit is working on behalf of believers. And when he works on behalf of believers, Scripture tells us that he, he uses a sword. Do you remember the sword that the Spirit uses in the lives of believers, what it is called? Ephesians 6.17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. The Word of God. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians 5.18, means to be supernaturally empowered to obey Christ's words with supernatural self-control. It means living a life that's obeying Christ's word. And if we're living a life that's obeying Christ's word, then that means we're also empowered to reflect Christ's virtue. See, being filled with the Spirit means being supernaturally empowered to reflect Christ's character and virtue in your life. We see this from Galatians 5, through 23, where again we're taught that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, when you yield to the Spirit's work in your life through obedience to the Word of Christ, you begin to manifest in your life all these different virtues. And you know another description that you could give for all those virtues? Paul gives it in Galatians 2.20, just a couple chapters before this. He says, it is Christ living in me. In other words, it's Christ's character that's starting to leak out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? It is Christ's love, Christ's joy, Christ's peace, Christ's patience, Christ's kindness, goodness, gentleness. It is Christ's self-control that begins to be reflected in us as we yield to the Spirit's leading through the Word of God. So the more we're filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, yielding to the Spirit, the more this fruit, the very character of Christ, becomes manifest in our lives. Because again, we're beholding in the Word of God the glory of who? Christ. And we're being transformed from one degree of glory into another. This is how the Spirit is imparting to us the life of Christ. As we yield to his leading through the word of God, he empowers us to reflect Christ's character. You will not become more like Christ apart from the word of God. Your spiritual progression in life will be in direct proportion to your exposure to the word of God. There is no growth apart from the Spirit's work, through the Word. Through the Word. 
This is how the Spirit is imparting Christ's life. We yield to his leading through the word of God and he empowers us to reflect Christ's character. He works in us, as Philippians 2.13 says, both to will and do his good pleasure. So being filled with the Spirit means being empowered to obey Christ's word, reflect Christ's character, and finally being filled with the Spirit means to be empowered to proclaim Christ's truth. And this is a very, very, very important point. You see, there are only two places in Scripture where the phrase being filled with the Holy Spirit is mentioned. The first is in the book of Ephesians, which we just looked at. And the second is in the book of Acts. And what we see in the book of Acts is that whenever this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit occurs, it is always synonymous with being supernaturally empowered to proclaim the gospel every single time. Every single time. For example, when the Spirit filled the disciples on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 5, what did they immediately start doing? They went out there and they started preaching the gospel in Jerusalem, right? And when they're filled again in in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, what do they do? They start preaching the gospel. Stephen, one of the proto-deacons, was singled out in Acts 6 verse 5 as being filled with the Holy Spirit. What did he do as a man filled with the Holy Spirit? He preaches the gospel even unto death before the Jewish leaders who killed Christ in Acts chapter 7. I could go on and on. In Acts chapter 9 verse 17, we're told that Paul is filled with the Spirit after his conversion. What does he do? He starts preaching the gospel. Barnabas, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he goes to Antioch in Acts 11.24, and what does he do? He starts preaching the gospel. Everywhere in the book of Acts, whenever someone is filled with the Spirit, they start proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to those who need to hear it. Every single time. And this is what I want you to see. That this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. In believers, he is empowering us as we yield to his leading in the word of God to reflect Christ's character and proclaim Christ's truth. This is what I pray for every time before I get up in the pulpit. Is that the Holy Spirit would give me the supernatural ability to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ far more boldly and clearer than I could ever on my own. And this is what the Spirit is doing today. So many people in churches across America are waiting for some work of the Holy Spirit, which is not at all what He has taught that He would do in His Word. And they are neglecting the gifts that Christ desires to give them by the Spirit. It's not being able to run around and act like a crazy person. I'm sorry. But it's God giving you the ability in your classroom when the professor is mocking Christ for you to speak up and say something in that moment. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It is when you're opening up God's word and a passage does not make sense to you and you pray, oh God, give me understanding according to your word and he opens up the scriptures. It is when you're dealing with sin in your life and you say, God, I cannot do this anymore. Give me strength. Give me victory. And God gives you that by His Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing today. And all of this is miracles. All of these are miracles of God's grace. 
And we ought to be praying that we can be a part of what the Spirit is doing. Obeying Christ's word. Reflecting Christ's character. Proclaiming Christ's truth. I'll never forget the one instance. I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say it. One instance when I was at the community college. Several instances, excuse me. When professors and classmates were mocking the truth of Christ and the truth of his word. And I just sat there saying, I have to say something. And I just prayed, God, help me. And I was able to deliver the message of Christ way more clear as the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance the things that my parents had taught me over many, many years. And I was able to proclaim the message of Christ clearly. And I recognized as I walked out of that situation, that was not Zach Dudenhofer. That was the Spirit taking Christ's truth that I had been taught to teach it to others. And that is what I realized why I wanted to be a pastor. One of the reasons is because it's Christ's truth and it's God's power and I want to be a part of that. And if I can experience that every single week, what more blessed life could you live? This is what God calls all of us to engage in as believers. To be a part of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Obeying Christ's word, reflecting Christ's character, proclaiming Christ's truth. This is what the filling of the Holy Spirit is. It's not getting more of the Spirit so that we can twitch or laugh or dance or have any other type of mystical experience. It's the Spirit getting more of us so that we can obey Christ's word, reflect Christ's virtue, and proclaim Christ's truth supernaturally to a lost and dying world. And this happens when we continually yield ourselves humbly to the Spirit's teaching through the word of God. So the Spirit is applying Christ's salvation. He is, treat, he is teaching Christ's words, imparting Christ's life, and finally He is giving Christ's gifts. Ephesians 4.8 tells us that when He, that is Christ, ascended on high, when He went into heaven, He led a host of captives and He gave gifts to men. In other words, when Christ ascended on high, whom did He send to earth to take His place? The Holy Spirit. And in sending the Holy Spirit, Jesus also gave what? He gave gifts, spiritual gifts, which we learn from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, are given by this Holy Spirit according to His will. So the Holy Spirit gives us Christ's gifts. What are some of those gifts? Well, I'll cover in my next message the topic of sign gifts, but in terms of how the Holy Spirit is working today, here's a small sampling of the gifts that He gives. To be clear, this is not all of them. Scripture doesn't even mention all of them. Uh, but if you pull together several of the lists given throughout Scripture, these are at least 11 that are clearly mentioned. First, the Holy Spirit gives to some the gift of, Scripture says, evangelizing, mentioned in Ephesians 4.11. This is the spiritual ability to proclaim the gospel with exceptional clarity and conviction. Another spiritual gift that is given to believers is the gift of pastoring. This is the spiritual ability to shepherd, to guide, love, and protect God's people. This ability is vitally connected with the ability to teach and oversee according to God's word. 
He also gives us the spiritual gift, believers, the gift of teaching. That is the spiritual ability to explain to people and walk them through a passage of Scripture so that they might understand the truth. He gives us the spiritual ability of serving to some. The spiritual ability to help or serve people, particularly in the church. He gives the gift of believing. That is the spiritual ability to supernaturally trust in God to supply specific needs for God's people. He gives us the gift of exhorting to some. The spiritual ability to encourage and admonish people according to God's word. He gives the gift of distinguishing spirits. That is the spiritual ability to discern between true and false teaching in light of God's word. He gives the gift of showing mercy. That is the spiritual ability of serving others and comforting those who are sick and afflicted with God's word. He gives the gift of giving. That's the spiritual perception and ability to be selflessly generous with what God has given. He gives the gift of administering. That is the spiritual ability to rule and organize the church according to God's word. And he gives the gift of wisdom and knowledge. That is the spiritual ability to understand and apply God's word in practical and insightful ways. Those are just 11 spiritual gifts mentioned in Scripture. And what I hope happened as I was reading through that is you had different names coming to your mind of people that go to this church. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. And did you catch the common theme in all those gifts? Nearly every single one of those gifts I just mentioned are directly connected with equipping believers to either communicate or to obey God's word effectively. That's why the gifts are given. Two, equip believers to either communicate or to obey God's word effectively. This is going to be a very important truth to remember when we consider in future weeks the topic of sign gifts. Why does God give gifts to God's people? It is to equip them to communicate or to obey God's word effectively. Spiritual gifts in the lives of other believers are intended to encourage and motivate By the way, all believers to obey God's word. All believers. Spiritual gifts in the lives of other believers are intended to encourage and motivate all believers to obey God's word. Because think about it for a moment, right? Even though I went through that whole list of gifts, whether gifted or not, we're all commanded to serve, are we not? Galatians 5.13. And we're all commanded by God to encourage. Hebrews 10.25. We're all commanded by God to give, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We're all commanded by God to make disciples, Matthew 28, 19. We're all commanded to be kind and merciful, Ephesians 4, 32. We're all commanded to walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And we're all commanded to be witnesses for Christ in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So don't let, ever let the thought this morning, well, other people in the church are gifted in this, to ever excuse you as a believer from obeying God's clear word. Because your brothers and sisters in Christ are gifted by the Holy Spirit in these ways to show and teach you how to serve, encourage, give, teach, show mercy, believe, and evangelize. So for yourself, don't worry. Can I just tell you, because I did for a long time in my life, don't worry about am I gifted or am I not. Worry about What does God tell me to do in his word and then do it? Because newsflash, God never tells us to know our spiritual gift. Look it up. 
He never tells us to know God's spirit, our spiritual gift. But he does tell us to obey and serve one another in the church. And when we do obey and serve, as James 1.25 says, we will be blessed in our doing And it's not going to be by a piece of paper you fill out that you find out what your spiritual gift is. It is by you obeying the commands of God in the context of a local church where all your brothers and sisters in Christ all of a sudden recognize that person has a gift in this way. That's how you do it. It's by obeying Christ's word. So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers, he's applying Christ's salvation. He is teaching Christ's words. He is imparting Christ's life. And he is giving Christ's gifts And there's so much more that I could give. This is why Jesus says it was to our advantage that the Spirit comes to us. I've only given like 12 topics of what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers. In preparation for this series, I came up with a list of 27. And that's why I say this study is simply laying down a summary of foundational truth upon which future studies can be built. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers, he is applying Christ's salvation, he is teaching Christ's word, he is imparting Christ's life, and he is giving Christ's gifts. So as I conclude, I want to draw attention to a final truth that I've been trying to subtly emphasize throughout this series. My subtlety is gone right now. (laughs) That is this. When you study what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers, you quickly realize that the Holy Spirit is always pointing to Christ and never to himself. He's applying Christ's salvation. He is teaching Christ's words. He is imparting Christ's life, and he is giving Christ's gifts. He is always pointing to Christ, not to himself. This is exactly what Jesus himself taught in John 16, 13 through 15, when he told his disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Forget this. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify himself. Nope. He will glorify me, Jesus says, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit is always pointing to Christ, never to himself. And again, John fifteen twenty six says, And when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about himself? Nope. He will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit is in the ministry, listen to this, the Holy Spirit is in the ministry of exalting Christ above all. Did we hear that theme recently at all as a church? (laughs) Right? This is the Spirit's work. This is the Spirit's work. That's why you have to be concerned about all these movements that are centered on glorifying supposed works of the Spirit. Their leaders, they trumpet all these signs, all these experiences, all these so-called miracles. And they say they're all pointing to the Spirit's presence. The Spirit is pointing to himself. The whole movement is centered around this idea that the Holy Spirit is drawing attention to himself. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. As we've already seen, he glorifies Christ and he bears witness about Christ. That's his ministry. Because he is our helper. And what are we to be all about? Christ above all. 
And this is to be our ministry as well. This is the ministry of the Spirit. This is to be our ministry as well. As Jesus said in the very next verse in John 15, 27, after he talked about how the Holy Spirit would bear witness about Christ, he then says this, and you also, you also will bear witness about me because you have been with me from the beginning. Listen, the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ in all things and we who are indwelt by the Spirit ought to glorify Christ as well. We ought to glorify him who, as Colossians 3, 11 says, is all in all, Christ above all. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing today in believers. He's exalting Christ above all by applying Christ's salvation, teaching Christ's words, imparting Christ's life, and giving Christ's gifts. The Holy Spirit as God has highly exalted Christ and has bestowed upon him a name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I call on us as a church, let's join the Spirit in his efforts. Let's point to Christ's salvation, Christ's words, and Christ's life by the power of Christ's gifts. Let's exalt Jesus Christ above all. Because this is what the Spirit is doing in believers today. And this is the Word of God, which I now commit to your further study and your faithful obedience until He who has given us His Spirit returns. Let's pray to that end. Father, we thank You so much for... Christ, and we thank you for how the Spirit is continually working to make us disciples and followers of Him. Father, we thank you for the Spirit's work of applying Christ's salvation to us. Father, I pray that even right now, if there is someone under the conviction of the Spirit, that they need to surrender their lives to the saving sovereignty of Jesus Christ, I pray that they would do that this morning. Father, we thank you for how the Spirit, how the Spirit is teaching us Christ's words so that we can have a full assurance of understanding regarding who you are and what you're doing. We thank you for how the Spirit is imparting to us Christ's life so that we would be receiving Christ's word and obeying it, be changed, and be proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, how the Spirit gives Christ's gifts so that we can serve one another and we can encourage each other to serve you in all the ways that your word commands. Thank you, Father, that you have not left us alone, but you have indwelt us by your Spirit to live a life that is fully pleasing to you. Father, help us to walk in the Spirit. Father, help us to be filled with the Spirit. Help us, Father, to be so yielded to what you are saying to us by your Spirit in your Word that we would have eternal impact in the lives of those around us, exalting Jesus Christ above all. Give us grace towards that end, and even in these next few moments for communion.
pray in Jesus' name. Amen.